0: Hi everyone, I'm Tom Woodbridge, great that you're joining us this morning, especially if this is your first time engaging with Inspire and James, you're very welcome. And this week we're returning to the book of James, where so far in chapter 1, we've seen that Christians can expect to face trials of many kinds, and in those trials to face temptations, and so James urges us to resist these temptations. But as he does it in this passage, he, he does it with a bit of bite, he, he challenges us as to the way we may have been responding to temptations in the past. Twice in this passage, he, he warns us against the danger of deceiving ourselves, that we think that what we're doing is the right thing. And so let's have a look here at James, how James urges us to respond rightly to temptation. Three points. Here's the first one. He says, listen up, listen up. Have a look at verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It's great advice, isn't it? I'm sure any parent or or teacher would love their children to heed this advice. It's the kind of thing that maybe we have as a screensaver on our laptop, maybe that's kind of 10 years ago, as we have as the wallpaper on our phone. And, And maybe if we're honest with ourselves, it's advice that we don't need to hear, but we can think of a lot of people that do need to hear this advice. And it's advice that seems so important to take on board at the moment, right? We need to be quick to listen to, to the guidance and advice that we've been given as we look to fight the coronavirus outbreak at the moment. But not just with coronavirus. I, I think for myself as a, as a white man, this is important advice that I've been learning at this time. I, I need to be quick to listen, to listen to the experiences and, and the perspective of black people around me such important advice. But whilst this could be a great general principle, James is being more specific. He's not saying this is just for general listening. No, James is specific with what or who we are to listen to. Did you see that in verse 22? He said, do not merely listen to the word In fact, James wants us to know for certainty how central God's word is in our listening. He mentions God's word five times in our passage. In verse 18 and verse 21 and verse 22 and verse 23 and verse 25. God's word, as we have it, as hopefully you have it right now in your hands in the Bible, is God's word, we're told, that saves us it says in verse 21. It's God's word, verse 18, that gives us new birth. And so it's God's word that helps us to respond rightly to temptation. It's it's God's word that we need to listen to in order to grow and to live out our faith. Why should we be so quick to listen? Well, did you see the sequence of events in verse 19? listening helps prevent hasty speaking, and listening helps to prevent hasty anger. Remember the context James is writing into, Christians scattered who are are facing trials of many kinds, facing temptations, facing hardships, and James knows that the reality is that when we face hardships, well that's when we can be slow to listen and quicker to speak. We care much less about what other people have to say. We just have to get across how we are feeling. And when people are slow to listen and quicker to speak, well then we can be quicker to get angry. Everyone's speaking at once over one another, annoyed that no one else is listening to them. But James says in verse 20, that's not what God desires from us. No, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. You see, James is saying, if you want a better heart, if you want a more godly mind, if you want a a, a cleaner mouth in, in what our tongue says, well, then make sure you use your ears. I wonder if you can be someone who is prone to be quicker to speak and slower to listen. Will you hear the challenge from James to be quick to listen? But let's make sure we're listening to the right voices. And James says this starts with God's voice, God's word. It's why the the reading and the listening of, of God's word during our services is, is so important. It's why we give good time to listening to what God says. But let's not limit our listening to God to a Sunday. Let's make sure it happens throughout the week. Can I encourage you that, that if you're not reading God's word each day, to try and do so, to give time to hear and listen to God every single day. Maybe you're finding through this lockdown period that uh, it's a slower pace of life at the moment could you give more time to listen to God more? Maybe for you it's the opposite. Maybe life's never been more chaotic and you just don't know when your next break is going to come. Can I encourage you, keep listening to God as a priority. Think about ways that you can help yourself to do that. Could you get it on audio so you could listen to it whilst you're doing your many jobs? If we want to respond well, in times of trial and temptation, we need to be ready to listen. But secondly, James says, don't just listen, do. Don't just listen, do. Because you see, James says it's it's no good just listening and doing nothing else. Listening is like half the job, but without the second half, well, half the job is, is no job at all. Do you see that? In verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. It's more than just listening. It's a bit like, well, James gives a brilliant illustration to show us how foolish it is. And I hope you enjoyed Andy bringing it alive to help the kids understand what this looks like. Here's what James says in verse 23. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. It's a brilliant illustration because I'm sure we know how foolish this would be. I'm sure we all look in the mirror at some point during the day, probably first thing in the morning, because we want to make sure we look all right, don't we? We all do it. And yet we all know how foolish it would be if we looked in the mirror, saw something that we needed to adjust, and yet forgot about it, ignored it, and just went on our day. I was thinking about what the the kind of lockdown equivalent to this might be. I wonder if it's the, the preview video in Zoom. Lots of us have been using Zoom more than we probably want to during lockdown. And before you get onto the call, before you enter the meeting, you have that preview video that shows you what you look like and there's the option to turn it off but none of us i'm sure do that because we want that final look we want that final check to make sure that we're looking all right that our hair's in the right place and as you may have noticed i've i've not been able to brave a lockdown haircut yet i'm I'm thrilled that the barbers are opening next week and so for me it's more important As I come to the Zoom meeting, I check in that final preview that my hair isn't all all over the place. And if it was on a church Zoom call, I hope you would tell me if I was foolish enough to ignore the preview video. No, you don't do that. It would be foolish. I'm thankful now for this video so I can just adjust it and make sure I look all right for the rest of it. You see, what truly matters is not the look we make, but the action we take as a result. What truly matters is not the look we make, but the action we take as a result. And James says we will end up deceiving ourselves if we merely listen to the word, but don't do anything as a result. Have you ever done that before? Ever been in danger of doing it? Maybe you've got into the habit of of doing a quiet time each morning. And you get to the end of the week and you're going, yes, seven days in a row. I've managed to do it every day this week. But if you're just listening and it's not producing anything different, you're not doing anything as a result, you're in danger of deceiving yourself that that's all right. In fact, as I was preparing for this sermon, I I realised an area where I was doing this. I don't know about you, but I've been really enjoying the, the daily devotionals every morning. But I'm the kind of person who, who likes to and wants to keep up to date with them. And, and so if I miss a day or two, then on the third day, I'll, I'll catch up with them and do three in one day. And I found myself almost being proud, going, yes, I'm up to date. Bring on the next one. But you know what? I've realised I'm just listening and not doing. I, I was making sure that I listened to them but I wasn't doing anything in response to what I heard. I wonder if that's ever true of you. Now, James says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. What matters is not the look we make, but the action that we take as a result. And what's the motivation for all of this? Is it is it just a case of do it because we're told to do it? Now, have a look down at verse 25. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. What will keep us motivated to keep obeying God's word when we're listening to it in the face of trials and temptations? Well, there's freedom and blessing. Freedom. It almost seems like a, a contradiction in terms here when it talks about the perfect law that brings freedom. Well, that doesn't even make sense. But that's because in our Western society, we regard freedom as, as the total loss of any kind of constraints. That's real freedom. Get rid of constraints. And that's how I'm free. But the Bible says that's not freedom. Freedom isn't the absence of any and every constraint. No, it's the presence of the right constraints that brings real freedom. For example, you you would never take a fish out of water and say that it's now free. Free from the constraint of water to just be free. No, no, no. A fish needs the constraint of water in order to be free. And so the same is true of every human being. To be truly free, we need to live within the constraints that the creator of the universe has given us. The creator who knows how we operate. The creator who knows that these constraints are designed to help us to flourish. Freedom, living obediently under a father who loves us unconditionally because of what his son Jesus has done for us. But it's not just freedom, it's it's blessing as well. In fact, James here seems to be quoting his brother, Jesus Christ, here, when Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. It's the blessing of being known by the creator of the universe. It's the blessing of having our sins forgiven. It's the blessing of having an eternal future totally secure. It may be that you are listening to this and and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. Maybe you've just tuned into a church service for the first time during this lockdown period, or maybe you joined us on Wednesday evening for the event with Graham Daniels and you're wanting to find out more. Well, please see that, that being a Christian, living the Christian life, being obedient to what God says in his word, the Bible, this doesn't take away our freedom. No, it brings freedom. And because of what Jesus has done on the cross, when he gives up his freedom to die in our place, well, then Christians can enjoy immense blessing. It's a wonderful reality for every single person who trusts in Jesus. Jesus. It's a wonderful reality for every single Christian who is obedient to what God says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Let's be a people who do not merely listen but do it and so enjoy the blessings and the freedom that comes with it. So what does that look like then? Well, James in verses 26 and 27 actually goes on and gives us three big areas in what this may look like. And he he expands on these in the rest of his letter. And in doing so, he calls us, point three now, to lose the disconnect. Lose the disconnect. Have a look at verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. He says Christians need to keep a tight rein on their tongue, and he expands on that in chapter 3. He says Christians should be marked out as people who look out for and care for those in need, the widow and the orphan, and he expands on that in chapter 2. And he says Christians should be those who keep themselves from being polluted from the ways of the world. He's already mentioned that in verse 21, but he expands on that later in chapter 4. James highlights our words, our service of others in need, and our own actions. And I wonder what you made of those things as I read them out. I I wouldn't be surprised that if there's no one who heard that and who disagreed with them, who said, no, I don't agree with those. I don't think those are good things to do. And yet that is the point that James is wanting to make. We laugh at the idea of someone who looks in the mirror and then goes away and forgets what he looks like. And yet we can be guilty of that when we listen to God's word, but don't obey what it says. Because the danger is that we hear these things and we say they're all good things, and yet we don't do it. We hear it, but do we live it out? Are we careful with what we say? Do we keep a tight rein on our tongue? Don't just listen, do it. Are we active in in looking out for those in need around us? Don't just listen, do it. Are we striving for godliness in every area of our lives, avoiding being polluted by the ways of the world around us? Don't just listen, do it. And I realise I I may be generalising a bit here, but I wonder if there are our churches who may be strong at, at speech and, and looking out for truth in what we say, and strong in, in caring about how we live, our godliness in the way that we live, but it may be slower when it comes to social action, looking to care for our community. And I wonder if there are churches which are great at serving in the community, looking out for those in need, but can be slower when it comes to areas of what we say, truth, and, and the way that we live. Can we do all three? James says, yes. Let's avoid this disconnect between what we hear when we listen and what we do. And could you imagine the impact if we were to live these things out? I mean, they're so attractive, aren't they? Being a people, being a church, who are careful about what we say. Being a people, being a church, who are looking out for those who are less fortunate than ourselves. Being a people, being a church, who are mindful of the way that we live our lives. The kids' song we sang earlier, sums James up here. I've had it in my head the whole way through the sermon. God speaks, we listen, want to hear his word every day. But that's not enough. God speaks, we listen, read the Bible, trust and obey. As we face trials and temptations in our lives, will we respond by listening to God's word and then doing it? let me pray for us. Father God, thank you for the challenge from James here. Help us to be listeners, to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Help us to listen to what you have to say to us in your word, but help us to not merely listen to the word, but help us to do it. And so show us the areas in our lives where we might be in danger of just listening and not doing. And in doing so, Lord, will you give us great freedom and great blessing. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.